is sponsored by O'Malley's Flour. Makes the best biscuits. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Erasable Podcast. This is episode 169 and I am Tim Wassum on hosting duties tonight. And with me, as always, is Andy and Johnny. Greetings, guys. Hello. Greetings, Tim. How goes it? <laughs> Good. It's it been goes a minute. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since yep. I've been here. That's true. It's been like five weeks or something. <laughs> like that's crazy yeah. to think about it that way. Yeah, we uh, replaced me with a professional, but yeah, his his what's the thing? His all the M and M's and stuff that we had to make for him. His his writer was too crazy. <laughs> we just had to. Oh yeah, his... like, well, <laughs> we had to fill it, get yeah. enough orange M and M's to fill a brandy glass. And I don't know why anybody would need <laughs> that many Nakayas, but you know, <laughs> just as a. <laughs> Yeah. She has specifically said in the writer that he was going to throw them away after he filled it up and used one. So I don't know. <laughs> just one per page. <laughs> They're yeah. disposable Nikayas. Yeah. <laughs> so we tried, but thankfully we failed. So we're glad to have you back. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. <laughs> and we took a little extra time between these last couple episodes with the holiday weekend and just lots of stuff going on. So, but we're, we're glad to be back and we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. One topic we wanted to bring up this weekend or for, for this episode that we hadn't talked about in long enough. And it's a pretty basic topic, which is paper, but we were going to talk about what we're going to call unicorn paper. So we were, we've been talking a lot about pencils. We've been talking about pens and tonight we're going to talk about our favorite papers and what we look for in our search for the perfect page that works for all the stuff that we like to do. But before we go unicorn hunting, let's jump into mm -hmm. the tools of the trade. And Johnny, why don't you start us out? Sure. So the first item on my list is very fitting for tonight's topic. It is a novel called The People of Paper that came recommended by my friend Harold and is like so good. If you took a lot of stationary porn and magical realism and something else and shook it up this is that's the book it's really 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 good but i'm very disappointed to find out the author hasn't written anything else since 05 so maybe i'll eat my words and it's coming out like tuesday and i just don't know so <laughs> we'll hope for that and my other thing i've been consuming is another one of those second edition bullet journals on the really thick paper because uh, the first one i got right when they came out I wasn't a big fan of after a while because the paper was so slick. It didn't like pencils. It didn't seem like it liked my ink. I swear they changed the, the, ink, the paper formula because now it is pretty good with pencil, but fountain pen like sucks right into the paper. And that's really good for a bullet journal where you're flipping around a lot. Hmm. So they do black and then one color a year. This one's called blush, which really just kind of looks white unless you notice that it's not. It's pink. So that's pretty cool. It's just, and they they did all of the little details in this color, like the little pocket guide that comes out of the back, which looks like a zine. So that's, that's really cool. I'm digging it. And I'm writing with tonight, which we'll talk about more later, the Musgrave Green Belt. So how about you, Andy? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll start off with, with that. I am also writing with the Green Belt. So Fist bump. Yeah, definitely look forward to talking about that. I... <laughs> Okay, so we just finished. It was six half an hour episodes, so it's pretty easy. But have have any of you heard of uh, the show that's on Apple TV's network called Schmigadoon? No. Yeah, <laughs> I've not watched it, but I've I've listened to both of the main 
actors interviewed about yeah <laughs> but i haven't yeah. watched it yet yeah there's a lot of really good people it has keegan michael key it has cecily strong from snl has Alan Cumming in it, has Kristen Chenoweth, it has lots of really good people. It's it's like a, these two doctors from New York City who are engaged, they're in a relationship, are hiking, and they they get lost in a magical world and get transported to <laughs> to Schmigadoon, which is in no way like Brigadoon <laughs> musical, and they get stuck in they get stuck inside a musical, and it's uh it's really fun there's a lot of like good tropes from musicals in there it's yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty funny it's it's lighthearted and and it like yeah if if you're somebody who likes musicals i have a feeling that our friend tiffany babb probably likes this show or would like this show so is it like a limited series or is it i have zero have idea kind of if it's going to come back okay. yeah it it felt like they kind of like wrapped it up at the end but i feel like they could have left it open for a season 2 but it's only six episodes and it's half an hour so it's basically 3 hours it's basically a a, a musical right like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> kind of how they did it but it was pretty fun we're also watching a show on netflix called only murders in the building have you have you all heard of this no oh it's Wait. really good it has no. has steve martin Yes. Yes. I've been dying to watch this. And Selena Gomez. Yeah. And (laughs) the thing that attracted us to it at the beginning was that it had the the New Yorker font, like on the (laughs) like for the for the for the show title. And it's it's these three people who are who live in this fancy building in New York. And there's a there's a what looks like a suicide, but is it that happens in the building? And they're they're all three like have bonded over the fact that they like the same true true crime podcast. So they decided to start their own <laughs> podcast, trying to solve this this murder in the building. And it's it's very like it's one of those like from the minds of Steve Martin, which I feel like is pretty accurate because it has a lot of like Steve Martin vibes to it, which is pretty <laughs> good. But yeah, definitely definitely recommend that as well. And they're kind of releasing it like like as it goes. So we're watching that and what Ted Lasso and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Lots of good stuff happening right now. And I'm reading, I've been kind of in the middle of the latest issue of the New Yorker, which is their, it's a food issue, which is always my favorite, but it's they're They're showing old or re re airing. They're reprinting old food articles in the New Yorker. So there's one that's in there from, from the sixties about just sort of like, Oh, people's kind of guilty pleasures like caviar or potato chips or whatever. There's, it's really good. I, I love, I love like old, old back backstories from like New Yorkers days gone by. So when it's about food, it's even more fun. And I am writing with my Musgrave green belt in my Baron fig notebook. Tim, how about you? Nice. I've been reading Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger, mm. which have either of mm-hmm. you read that? No, yeah, long, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's one of those that I'd been, it had been recommended so many times by friends over the last couple decades. <laughs> and, but the one, the one thing that kept drawing me back to it was that I had heard it referred to multiple times as being very Wes Anderson. Oh, interesting. That it was that people would, and I think that it's even been talked about by Wes Anderson or something as like an influence or something that he likes. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not really a novel. It's, it's like two novellas packaged in one book, Franny and Zoe are siblings and they're siblings in this very kind of precocious family that is very Tenenbaums esque, mm. like from, from the Royal Tenenbaums, but they're much more like crass and in your face than the Tenenbaums. It's <laughs> not as like quiet and yeah, these ones are more ornery. 
So yeah, but it's really good. It is really good. The, they're the first one. Yeah, the first story, Franny, is very. It's like a quiet story where Franny is visiting some boyfriend who's at, I forget what school it is, but it's like Yale or something. And he's like, he's going to visit him and he's kind of a tool and you can tell like right away (laughs) that she's better than he is. (laughs) She's, he's, you know, he's playing above his weight class or fighting above his weight class or whatever, but he, she goes to visit him and then she's in the midst of this like spiritual crisis because she read this book, the, the way of the pilgrim. Have you ever heard of that? But yes. Yeah. It's like the book about, the the Jesus prayer or something. Anyways, she's like being tormented by this like crazy book that she read. That's like hitting her really hard. And he's like talking about all this very superficial stuff. So it's like the whole story takes place at a dinner dinner table at a restaurant. Zoe, that story. And Zoe's a, a guy that one's everything that I've read so far has been happening in a bathroom, a conversation between a mother and (laughs) mother and her son (laughs) in a bathroom. But I think it does get out of the bathroom pretty soon. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. So they're all, they're all these, all the kids in the family were on some game show or like some TV show in the fifties about like super intelligent children. So that's what gives it that kind of Royal Tenenbaums vibe. They're all like prodigies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And I've been listening to, and actually speaking of Ted Lasso, I discovered this artist from Ted Lasso. I heard a song on the show and it was a kind of a Motown kind of soul type song, which I was like one of my favorite genres. And I heard it. I was like, I don't know the song. Why don't I know the song? And did a, a Siri check. And the artist's name was Mabel John. And I found an album kind of had only one album one album that ever came out and the album just has a bunch of like alternate takes of the same six songs or something but anyways it was she's she's excellent but i ended up learning that she was the first female signed by barry gordy to motown in 1959 or something and so he had signed her to motown and then she kind of didn't pan out or like oh, they got passed up by a bunch of the other people that were signed to, to Motown and then went on to sing backup for a lot of like Ray Charles albums and stuff like that in the future. But yeah. Anyways, I listened to a lot of Mabel John, which is the songs are very like, you can almost feel like they were all written in one afternoon and then recorded <laughs> in one afternoon in like in a really good way. But I'm, I've been enjoying that quite a bit. And I am writing with the new Musgrave Tennessee round to, Represent. Uh, to round things out in our ah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> to round things out here in our tools of the trade. So let's jump right into fresh points. And Johnny, do you want to get us going on on these mus- these awesome Musgrave pencils? Yeah, I'll say I'm like the transition king today. So first up, we have the Tennessee rounds, which came out. And they're basically identical to the Tennessee Reds, except for the fact that they say round and are round. So, like, I think we all enjoy a round pencil, but they also didn't mess with a pencil that didn't need messing with. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, these are so damn good. I love them. And the tube is, I don't know, how would you put that? The way that the pencils fit in there tightly, but only at the collar. It's genius. It's perfect. Yeah. So I, I got to get some pictures of that. 
Yeah, it's and a really come, satisfying come, reveal when you slide it out and you see like the whole pencil. Yeah. And of course it smells amazing. And then they also have the new green belts. And I'm not from Tennessee, so I don't know what green belt is a reference to. In you know, of course in Baltimore we have Green Belt that's a DC suburb. And in Boston, what do they call it? The Emerald Necklace that the Green Line is based on? But I guess that's really a stretch. But anyway, they're sustainable, super eco pencils that aren't recycled anything. They're just really good, super raw cedar, which uh, I really appreciate. They smell really good. Yeah, and they went like all out on the imprint. It's super detailed, which is also. Can I? Can I offer two tiny bits of criticism? One for each of these. Mm-hmm. No. So <laughs> I was very surprised in the when i opened the tennessee rounds i was thinking like this is just like really heavily lacquered this has got to be more heavily lacquered than the the regular reds like than the hexes and they're not i it for some reason as a round as a round pencil it feels more lacquered i don't know if this like if you all notice this they are definitely super shiny yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i would have loved something that was a little bit more matte i know that they can't get away with bare wood on cedar because it's so splintery but i'd love to have seen something like that but yeah again because they were they're so shiny they kind of look like a like foil wrapped and i i know that they're not like i ran it through the sharpener and i didn't get any like foil off of it but it feels a little just just a little little shiny i had the same same thought and then just kind of jumping right on like what you just said like i I figured they had a reason for it <laughs> that yeah well I, I bet they did just kind of tick it up a little bit by little bit until they got it to a place where it's like okay this will hold together and also it still looks pretty cool so yeah, yeah yeah I did notice that as well because I was super excited about the round the round release and so I think in my head I was so excited that I had a very specific idea of what was going to be in my head yeah uh, before it, I got it, it, it writes it writes beautifully it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the the, the the hex one yeah i like it I, li- I like it a lot it's just that's something i noticed pretty pretty quickly yes. and then the green belt the green belt i i love how just sort of like bare what it is i noticed in their materials they don't talk about the core at all and it writes pretty noticeably lighter than the than the tennessee round it, it feels it feels actually like harder than an hb i have no idea if it is or or what but i wonder if it's because it's it's very like eco-friendly it's very recycled i wonder if they're just kind of using whatever cores they have left left over so we're going to see inconsistent cores, but I wish it was a tiny, tiny bit darker, yeah. but I love the way it looks. I think it's just gorgeous. And yeah, Johnny, like you said, that, that printing is, is just gone all out and it looks like it has that green eraser. It just looks so good. Yeah. I'm like in my head, I want a green stripe on the feral, but no, yeah. that, would look, that would look terrible. <laughs> they probably tried a- that and went, no. It'll be interesting to pit this against a Forest Choice. I suspect a Forest yeah. Choice would probably still kind of win out, but it also costs a little bit more than this guy does, I think. So the packaging of the green belt is just phenomenal. It's so yeah, that box is sweet, and they put yeah. foil on it, which they didn't have to do. Yeah, is always fun. I've always wondered with, like, where you're talking about it being harder. It's always I've always wondered about whether the lack of lacquer on a pencil or lack of paint on a pencil makes it feel scratchier. If that makes sense when you're writing, I've always wondered about that. If it like, if having some sort of lacquer or having some kind of paint, it's this, it could be the same core, but it just, yeah, 
adds just a little more of a barrier to like insulate the the vibrations from writing. This sounds so nerdy and incredibly nerdy, but but I think we like get it. Might, yeah, well, you guys get it. So <laughs> yeah. I, I've always wondered about that, like if that would yeah. make a raw pencil feel scratchier than it actually is because there's not yeah. that insulation. I think when, a raw pencil when, with when nothing I, on the end does that to me. Yeah. Well, when I use the Tennessee round next to the green belt, like the lead is demonstrably darker, like in the Tennessee rounds. So I can see that it's like a, a harder pencil, but it, yeah, but this, you know, scratchy wise, like I can totally see that, right? Like you're, there's less, less buffer, less layers between the, the wood and the, mm. and your finger. And is this, yeah. is this cheaper than the forest choice? Uh, I, know know sure. check. I have no idea how much a forest choice costs. Cause I don't know that it is. So a forest choice is, oh, that's color pencils. Why can't I find them on pencil.com? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Well, on Amazon, for some reason, they're $30 I, a dozen. I just saw that. Did they suddenly become a collector's Whoa. item? Because I've got like 50. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be for a gross. They must have messed that out. Yeah. yeah. Set up. I hope it's very gross. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> going to stay away. Um, <laughs> Go look that up. I'll report back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I was just curious because I thought Force Choice were like under ten. Yeah, and yeah. These are yeah. these are tennis, not... right? For the green belts, nine or ten, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But they're made That's in the a... USA, which is yes, nice. that is true, and that is very true. And that, speaking of the Force Choice, Andy, what you were saying about the, the Tennessee round, I feel like the Force Choice is a good example of how I would like the lacquer to be on the the round. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. It's got yeah, that kind yeah. of in, in that it has no lacquer on the green belt. Oh no, on the force choice. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yes, just a really force... light kind of coating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like a slightly opaque light coating on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess this is kind of out of order, but I, since we're talking about the the new Musgrave pencils, I need to tell you about one of my my fresh points, which is the the new pencil term that I've come up with. That is a very hyper specific, but I texted you guys about this. You did. <laughs> so, I, I so I, it up. I... <laughs> yes, this is, so this is just bear with me, folks. This will, this will take me just a second, but <laughs> I've talked about it before that I'm not a, a huge fan of full hex pencils. Like the sharp corners on a full hex pencil are just not my favorite feel when I'm writing. I use a bunch of full hex pencils and I mean, I love the Tennessee red and I, I use them, but I, it's not what I gravitate towards. And so since this one is totally raw, and un, unlacquered, I got a little bit of a, a moment of inspiration. And here's what I did. So I took, I took my hovel, which you could do this with a knife, but the hovel made it so easy because how flat it lays, because that's the whole idea of a plane, right? And I took it and I ran it down every, every edge on the pencil all the way around. So I did all, whatever, six, six lines. So just one quick strip. And so it made these really nice satisfying long strips of of cedar mm-hmm. and then once i got that done so i just did i only did it once i didn't want to like mangle the pencil i just as even as i could i went whoosh, 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 six times around and then i remembered watching <laughs> my ken burns baseball documentary <laughs> which i watch every year <laughs> and in the ken burns baseball documentary there's an episode where they're talking about Ted Williams, like when Ted Williams became like a big deal, when he was like a rookie and he was 
lighten up the league. And there was this old timey video that they showed in the documentary, which was him like getting his bats ready for the game. And so he would put his bat onto this special stand or something. And they mentioned that he had it, he had the handle shaved down to a certain, like thinner than normal to take off a few ounces of his bat to make him swing faster. And then at the end, (laughs) after he rubs, he has a bone, like a femur or something. And he's rubbing, he's like, boning. Sorry. What? Yeah, Uh that's what Uh it's called. He's taking the bone and he's rubbing the handle to like make it harder. And then the last thing he does, and this is what I did to my green belt, is he takes a bottle cap and he takes it and runs it down the handle as he rotates the, the bat around and creates like a texture on the bat for him to hold on to. This is in pre like batting gloves. He's like knurling the bat. Yeah, exactly. So I did that to my green belt that I'm holding right here. What? You're Um, a monster. No, but you can't even see it. (laughs) Like it's not even, it's not even recognizable. Like when you look at the pencil, it just looks totally normal, but it feels like it's it almost, it feels like a semi-hex now. And it also has like this really cool texture to it where it's really nice and grippy. And I like it. And I've, I've named this, 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 needlessly extensive process is called teddying your pencils. When, when I heard oh, that, first, I thought of, you know, fuzzying them up. Give them a little hat. Yeah. Put a little bow tie on it. Yeah. And get them a little that, koozie. It doesn't seem like that would be illegal to do to your bat. Like, cause it's not regulation anymore or whatever. Right. Like now, they, they do all kinds of weirds actually. Cause like I, I, some people like actually put grip tape on their bats. Like you can do all kinds of stuff. So mm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they put top pine tar all over their bats, but and I don't think anybody else—I've never heard of anyone else doing this. Yeah, maybe they did, especially back in the day. And now they have batting gloves, so why would they do that? But yeah, but yeah. So that's if you want a teddy, your pencil, you need a plane, a <laughs> knife, and a bottle cap. And it's it's only going to work with a raw pencil. Otherwise, it's going to like make it look insane, right? Like it'll be yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not insane off. to do it to a raw pencil. You can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm just sorry. Saying. <laughs> It works. Hey, and it's genius. So I've I've used things to polish things out of fountain pens that were very strange. <laughs> so I can't talk. Yeah. So I have one more fresh point, and that is just that number twenty of Pencil Revolution came out, and I was going to do orange for the cover and bought the paper and everything, and then I was back to school shopping with Charlotte, and I found Nina Astrobrights in coral. I think they call it live coral. Like, oh my god! So. It's coral and like everything is coral right now because I have so much of this damn paper. Nice. Hey, Tim, why don't you go next? Yeah. So I've already gone over teddying, so I don't need to go. <laughs> Johnny, do you need me to go over that again? Do you, do you I like think that? I think I would like a private lesson okay. or a YouTube video. <laughs> All right. I'll have an ASMR video soon with <gasps> the shaving and the, the, pen, the bottle cap shaving and everything. I mean, I know you're joking, but I would listen to that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the only other thing is I've been tr- doing a little bit of a hardback pocket notebook roundup, which goes with our conversation today, which it'll, I'll kind of circle back to this. So I'm not going to say too much about it now, but I ordered uh, a few things from JetPens. I got a Rodeo web notebook uh, in the pocket size and I got that one's. So it's got the Clairefontaine paper in it. It's black with blank pages. That's the one that I'm using right now. I've got it right here in front of me. I also, for the first time, bought a pocket size of the Leuchterm notebook, which I've never, I've never had one of the pocket ones, which is. I don't think I have neat. either. Yeah, it is. It's one. I mean, it's really 
it seems like a really nice notebook, of course. I mean, obviously it would be, but it's it's interesting that if you set this one, the Rhodia, the Leuchtturm, and the Moleskin next to each other, the the Rhodia is the fattest, Leuchtturm's in the middle, and then the Moleskin is the thinnest. So it's been interesting using the web notebook because it's definitely, as opposed to the Moleskin, which I feel like you can get away with throwing in your pocket, this one's a little bulky <laughs> to put in your pocket because it's, it's got a pretty beefy cover. But the paper's amazing, though. Do they make... So I have a goal book from Rhodia that's sort of like the Webby, but uh, they call it soft cover, but it's not really soft. It's just not puffy. Uh-huh. Do they do they make a pocket one like that? Because that could I be believe like so. perfect. I believe so, because they. I did not know what that meant. And I when I when I went through all the options to get this one, there were ones that said soft cover, but I thought it was gonna. I thought that meant it was gonna be like a moleskin soft cover, cover which is like the super floppy ones. Yeah, I think so. it would be that. It's just that the paper, the the book is so beefy, it doesn't flop around. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I might try that one <laughs> down the road. But I really like this one. It, I mean, fountain pens on Clairefontaine paper is just like a dream. So I've been writing with everything in it and using some pretty saturated and heavy duty inks and it's not showing through in the paper at all, which yeah, it just feels very, I, I feel like, you know, how you have certain notebook pen combinations that you're like writing and you're like, okay, so when this makes it to my archive at the, <laughs> or you, you imagine, you, you imagine this being handed down to your grandkids and you're like, okay, right, something good's going on right here. Yeah. It gives, it gives you that kind of delusional feeling, which is, which is nice. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. So that's that's me. So Andy, how about you? Well, I just have one fresh point, but it's a probably a probably a pretty big one. I last weekend we're recording this on Labor Day, so the weekend before this happened, I went to the San Francisco Pen Show and it was a lot of fun. I basically hung around all day. I did a seminar in the afternoon. There was about 15 minutes that kind of went through the history of pencils, kind of like how we got from like lumps of graphite in Cumbria, England to to where we are today. And then we had a just like a, a show and tell or a tryout session. I, I brought a bunch of pencils and sharpeners and erasers with me. And it was it was pretty good. We had maybe like 20, 30 people in attendance. There were these really great little girls like they were probably like eight and 10 years old who are really into Blackwing and just like loves like Blackwing volumes. So I, I brought like a bunch of, of Blackwings with me and they were just so excited about trying them out. And I even brought a, uh, like an Eberhard Faber Blackwing, like an old, an, an original Blackwing just for people to try. And I gave it to the little girl and was like, Hey, I want this back at the end, but if you want to take notes during the lecture portion, like, like this is, this is an original Blackwing. And she was so excited. Like, I like she she treated it so like rever- reverentially, which was like so great. So, cool. <laughs> do you have do you have a set of white gloves on like on the table? Yeah, like, it's, it's like you must. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was just a good <laughs> just a good time. I, I I made a few purchases. I bought a something I've been meaning to do since we recorded in Baltimore. I, I got a chat with uh, Ian Schoen a bunch, who runs the who makes fountain pens. Yeah, Schoen yeah. Designs, and he has this new one that is really. Really cool. It's that same sort of pocket fountain pen size, but there's like little, it has a texture to it. And so when it's in your pocket and you're just kind of like running your finger along it, it just feels really nice. It's like a little like worry stone uh, pen. So I bought one of those. Cool. Um, I got the extra fine nib and I kind of wish I would have bought the fine nib now. Um, it's like, 
it's a really scratchy extra fine. Like usually it's it's fine. I don't know if that'll kind of go away with with wear or what, but got that. Also got something that I have some samples here for both of you, but I didn't actually send you. Bought a couple of inks from from our friends at, at Van Ness. I I saw Joe Crace from Gentleman Stationer. He was working the the Van Ness booth. You know how Lisa Van Ness likes to kind of hire celebrities in the stationery community to put her boots. So he was there, and then Kelly from Mountain of Ink, which is uh, a blog. I know Johnny, you reference all the time. I oh, talking about that. Speaking of celebrities, yeah. yeah, I met I met Kelly. She was really great, and they were both working the booth. And and so I bought a couple Van Ness exclusive inks. They're made by Robert Oster, but for Van Ness. And I got the, the hemp color, which is you guessed it, a green, a dark green color, in <laughs> uh, a color I really love. It's it's it's. A li- it's a touch darker than the um, Lear Sauvage Ink. It's like that same sort of like grassy green, but maybe a little bit darker tint. And then I also got this really lovely bright blue one called Blue River, which is maybe a tiny bit darker than that blue ink that you were using for your vacation, Johnny. Oh, um, nice. That very beachy blue. So big, big old samples come in both of your ways pretty, here Thank pretty you. soon. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I also, one thing I, I, <laughs> I was really interested in have not started using it yet but i'm going to give it a try is the travelers writing company you know who makes like the travelers notebooks and the midori products in the u.s they they have a new thing that has been out in japan for about five years and actually this pen show coincided with their u.s release but it's it's a new sort of organizational system called a plotter and it's kind of kind of like combining shoot what was the name of that organizational system that had the the rings and you sort of like snap in uh, Franklin Covey. Yeah. Yeah. It's doesn't Levenger like have something like that too. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Levenger has that has one too. It's, it's kind of like if you combined that with the travelers notebooks kind of philosophy, mm-hmm. like it's very modular like that, but it's very like, I don't quite know how to say it except to say that it's very Japanese, right? Like it has a lot of just like little special things that you put in there and just a lot of little considerations and it, so so I, I was at this booth kind of looking around and the this lady, the lady who's the president of the, the U.S. office, I have to remember her name because <laughs> I have a bunch of just like names rolling around in my head. She was she saw me and we talked a little bit and she recognized me because we had chatted earlier about zines like like some months ago. And she she was like, oh, you have to check out this this notebook. So she brought me over and I talked to the the, the hosts of the shoot. What's it called? The Stationary Cafe podcast. They were kind of running that booth, and they were like, "Hey, you, like, do you want to do you want a sample of this? Do you want to try this out?" I was like, "Hell yeah, I do!" So <laughs> they gave me uh, a little, oh, like folio, like a little leather folio to take home and and try out. So it's yeah, it's really cool. I just kind of broke into it this past week, and I have not really like like dug into it yet. Still trying to kind of figure out how they recommend that one uses it, but it's really gorgeous. It's just like really lovely stuff. They have these things called project managers, which are like little, these little folders that you put within your binders and you can put your related pages, like your to-do lists and your, your notes and things like that in there to kind of keep track of them. So I have zero idea if like my life is clean enough to do something like this with. <laughs> it's pretty messy. So we'll, I'll, I'll be trying this out and giving it a chance and see, but I'm basically like beta testing this with like, I, they're, they're doing some like user research interviews and some things so it's very cool it is again gorgeous i have no idea if it'll work for my life but i will 
really enjoyed trying it. Oh, also, also of note, I uh, hung out a little bit with the woman who runs, who's the U.S. rep for Maruman, which makes those oh, yeah. Nemosini notebooks. Yes, oh, cool. She's she's really cool. She is both a a rep for Maruman and also a stand-up comedian. No way. Yeah, she's really cool. That's super cool. Yeah. So it was a success, despite like you know walking around in a mask in a hotel for eight hours. Which you know I'm glad I'm glad we were like everybody was all masked up, but it was it was a lot of fun. That's some cool stuff there. Yeah. So that is that is it for my uh, my fresh points. Well, hey, before we before we move on, yeah, I've got a challenge for you guys for the for the next episode Ooh. so i was gonna throw this in now before we get into the main topic before i forget yeah so but i've, I've got a question for you what is what is the worst pencil that you own like a recognizable yeah. brand like something you can buy not like something you found like in a dumpster or like i don't know why you were in a dumpster but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst well, I pencil would, i would love to tease johnny and say it's a bullpex but i Definitely know that there are worse pencils than a Wolpex. Probably Damn, my right. least favorite. Yeah, my least favorite right now is that should be the Wolpex model. Like Wolpex, there are there are least there are lesser pencils. There are worse pencils. Yeah, the big extra fun is pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you yeah. familiar with the big extra fun? It's that one oh, that was like, oh yeah, it looks it really bends. cool. It looks like a yikes, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. They also have the striped ones, which are. Even extra, yeah. extra fun. <laughs> Look at <like> candy. Yeah. <laughs> extra, extra fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Johnny, yeah. what about you? What are some that like, I mean, it, um, can I give the jerk, the jerk answer? And that's that I don't have any pencils. I hate. Oh, oh that is a jerk answer. I give them away. But, <laughs> oh, because um, you give them away. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I will like, send nice. you a crappy pencil if I have to. Like, never, you know, you get a box. Never accept like, a pencil from stuff. Johnny people. <laughs> no you know what like they're having, circulating um, the baltimore city school district now right? yeah. yeah like math teachers are like yeah we'll take all the pencils you you have I'm like remember you said that because you're getting some like disney cars pencils and things you probably don't want to look at you got some try. turd pencils coming your way <laughs> yeah every once in a while you'll find that party pencil that works nicely but you know yeah yeah that life's too yeah. short for that but if I you had know. to pick one johnny oh I have to think about this. Yeah. There's a time to think about Tim, this. What, what's yours? So I, I had a few that are popping into my head that I was considering. And one was, I am sorry, but it was the Wopex. That was definitely one that I had <laughs> put on my list. And We're not friends anymore. Because it's 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 based on things that I will, I was just thinking about it. Like, what is something that I just do not want to use? Like, I do not want to use it. I don't like it. That was one. The Rhodia pencil comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. they. Well, Which they is like the worst $3 you can spend on a pencil. The later ones were like pretty nice, but where'd they go? Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought about the Triconderoga. Oh, yeah. That is Aww, a piece of crap. I love the Triconderoga. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it writes so poorly. I don't know what they do. I don't yeah. know. I don't understand. Like, I just, so that was, that's one that I thought of. But anyway, do you have any other ones that come to mind before I give the, yeah. The you know what? The, the crappiest pencil is the, a couple years ago, the Mexican made, ticonderoga number ones because they were hard as a rock and oh, like yeah. a hunk of crap okay. <laughs> and then okay. the newer ones are fine they're perfectly good pencils now well Tim, thought, why do you ask i'm a little afraid I, i'm a little worried i, th- I thought this that between weird. now and the next episode 
I want, I thought it would be just a fun masochistic journey to force <laughs> each other slash ourselves to primarily use a pencil we hate for an extended mm. amount of time. I'm not saying it's the only thing you need to use. Cause I mean, I want you to enjoy your lives too. <laughs> so, so I, what I thought we would do <laughs> for this is that, so this episode is probably going to come out on, you know, like what Wednesday or Thursday, like the September 8th, 9th, something like that. So this will come out and then maybe by the next Wednesday. And if anybody listening has a suggestion for a pencil, that's just kind of like hated. Cause I, I, I have a theory that if we use something long enough, there in some ways you might like adjust to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like you, like yeah. you kind of adapt to it depends on what it is, but I'm just, I'm curious. It's like a little experiment. So if you have any suggestions, if you're listening, you have any suggestions, you can tweet them at us or comment on the post of the, the episode on Facebook or whatever, and just let us know some options. And then I think by Monday we will confer in our group chat and we will, I don't know, assign yeah. pencils. And then I just want to try this. If you guys are up, I am lucky that anything. I have one of these big, big extra funds right here. Cause yeah, <laughs> otherwise I'd be like, oh, I'm I sure I could scare one up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just go look on the side of the road, like outside yeah. of a school and you will find one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah. Fan has any suggestions, let us know. But I think this is a little psychological experiment that see if uh, even like the crappiest pencils, that's why Johnny, that's why I chose the Wopex was so that I could be closer to you because I figured that by the end of a week, <laughs> the end of a week of using that horrible, like <laughs> monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> that I would I would better understand it and could actually use it. And then I would be like, yeah, Johnny, I get it. Sort I think of. Johnny has something. If you use it on super junk office paper, it sings. It's perfect. Okay. That's what it's for. <laughs> I, I Speaking hope. of junk office paper. <laughs> yeah. Good transition. You are on the transitions tonight. That is yeah. for sure. Okay. So for our, our main topic tonight, talking about paper, talking about unicorn papers, papers that kind of are perfect and can be used in kind of any setting that you want to use them. So let's start out talking about what we look for in a paper. Like, so what are you using it for? What do you like to use on it? What are the things that are your kind of criteria for a paper these days? And uh, Johnny, why don't you, why don't you start us out? Sure. So first I think about texture. I don't want to feel like I'm writing on glass, but I don't want to look down and suddenly my pencil's not sharp anymore, and all I wrote was my name. So, you know, somewhere in there, like a micro texture is what I'm after. And I want a paper that's going to work with a number two pencil from the 80s, which is not very soft, and also a kind of wet, like medium Parker. So that's a tough bill. And that also, I think of it realistically, like if it's really expensive or hard to get, that doesn't count. That's like, oh, you know, my perfect car, it's a Corvette. Yeah, well, you don't have one. So what do you actually <laughs> like? So yeah, I think that those are the things. I want it to work all the time. I want it to be available and I want it to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Andy? It's a good one. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot more to add to that, except I think so. So I guess if I just kind of like set up often what feels like sometimes good pencil paper and good fountain paper can sometimes feel at odds because like a good pencil paper has a little bit of tooth, right? Like it's something that can grip that pencil. Like Johnny said, I have kind of a micro texture that doesn't like eat away the graphite. 
but the trouble is is the more it kind of textured like that sometimes like with fountain pens it can it can feather a little bit like it can either just straight up bleed through if you have a wet fountain pen or it can kind of like feather out which which is no good so i think we with the unicorn paper we're looking for something that works kind of like the best within i would probably like i would be willing to bet that i'm a little bit more I don't know if elitist is the right word, but like I'd be willing to pay a little bit more money for this this paper uh, than Johnny would. Probably not like Tomoe River paper, which I guess is just going to become more and more expensive as like since the shop is shut shut down. Yeah, I think um, that's like that's the upper limit for sure. Yeah, yeah. But also, I don't I wouldn't put this that in this category because I don't think it's really great with pencils. Oh, yeah. So I yeah yeah. So I I would probably say. My paper, and, and then I also think like something that is, you know, something you can find. It isn't just loose leaf paper, right? Like I'm not just getting this in a in a pad. Like I can get it in a notebook. I can get it in some like cards, maybe some different thicknesses. So something that's probably kind of versatile for use as well would be something I could add to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this, like think, thinking about this and even like our whole hobby here about talking about pens and pencils and notebooks and papers is that we basically have an obsession with getting things that are so good that they would have been normal, like 20 in like, or like 50, 60, 70 years ago. Yep. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that yeah. weird? Like yeah. our hobby is just trying to like, if, if we were to go back in time and like walk into somebody's like office in like the forties or thirties and like, look at their stuff. We'd be like, Oh my God, this paper is amazing. And all, Oh, these pencils, these are made in America and they've got cedar and all this <laughs> stuff. They would have been like, get this, and <laughs> get this get asshole the out of my office. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on? Like this guy, like you've been yeah. smoking the wacky weed or like he, like they would just be like, what's up with this guy? So that's just like, it's interesting. Like as you guys are talking, as I'm giving, getting ready to give my answer, that just like hit me. That was like, yeah, basically yeah. our whole hobby is built around, trying to like find things that are as close to time travel as we can with like stationary yeah. that we're using. Cause there's so that much crappy, crappy stuff out there. That isn't just based on the low, the lowest price, right? Like the lowest common denominator, which so much of the stuff is now. And you know, you have your, your Moleskine paper, which can be so inconsistent and mm -hmm. you know, they're switching factories and materials based on like what's available and what they can, they can buy. Yeah. So Make something that money off of, yeah. Yeah, something that just exhibits some amount of like craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. Those, those French notebooks that I'm obsessed with that are probably older than me and have rusty staples, they're like, <laughs> they're yellowing and the paper is thin and cheap and you can throw any fountain pen at it and it's perfect. It shows the sheen everybody's excited about. Yeah. Yeah. And they're probably a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't pay that much money for them. But yeah. So, I mean, all the stuff you guys have said is definitely on on my list I, I don't want it to be in, insanely expensive texture definitely matters but i i definitely i don't like the tomoe ruby river paper is so nice and fountain pens look nice on it but i don't like the how thin the paper is like it's yeah. just a, there's something about that kind of tactile experience of it that i want a thicker sheet like writing with a web notebook writing with clairefontaine paper mm -hmm. It's bordering on cardstock in some of these notebooks, you know. I mean, it's like, yeah, not not really, but it's this nice thick paper. It's got a good flip to it. I don't know. That's that's definitely something that I'm I'm looking for as well. And I also one thing that is that I do look for. 
I, I, I mean, sometimes I, I don't, I don't always adhere to this because there are some points where I just kind of don't care. But if I'm like really zeroing in on a unicorn paper, I would want it to be consistent. It annoys me, especially when you're using fountain pens, when there are these, there's these papers that are, that are inconsistently pressed or whatever, where you get to kind of close to the, the edges of the page. Mm-hmm. And suddenly your pen like slips off. Like there's some sort of like invisible puddle of ice <laughs> on that part yeah. of the paper. And you're like, what's going on here? Like, I don't see anything, but I won't let me write. I won't let me write. So that would be something that I would, I would, I would want to avoid at all costs. If I was looking for my unicorn paper, it should be, it should be uh consistent. It should have that kind of happy in between texture and, and not be obscenely expensive, which. Yeah. It's kind of a tall order these days with, if you are looking for that craftsmanship, if you're looking for the, yeah. the well-made stuff, then sometimes you are going to end up <laughs> spending I silly kinda, amounts of money, but trying, trying to avoid it. I kind of wish that my <laughs> friend Bruce, Bruce Eamon was here. He is, you know, that guy who he lives in the Bay area. He, he does those paper tastings. So like that, that thing at Penn shows where he has like several pieces of paper and he encourages you to like try them out and kind of like a wine tasting, like figure out individual characteristics of you know, what's good and what's not. And he, he actually did one at the San Francisco pen show that I didn't mention just about like, like he gave everybody like eight pieces of paper who took this, his workshop. And he was like, now try it out. Tell me what feels nice. Tell me what's like, not, what's not great. And he just encouraged everybody to just like, like try it. And so I used some fountain pen. I used some pencil just to kind of like see what was the best. And that was, that was really interesting and something I've, you should talk to as we get more into it but it's that's all very like i think he was his was entirely japanese paper japanese made paper which mm-hmm. can be sometimes on the more expensive end here in the u.s right yeah so what are some i mean like we're going to talk specific papers and then we'll get into notebooks but like what are some specific types of paper that kind of fit this ideal for you or have gotten close or whatever and, and I know for me, in some ways in my head, these next two sections are so closely attached because I don't necessarily know what kind of paper is in some of these notebooks, but I know Johnny, I know you have something to say about this. So like, what are, <laughs> yeah. what are <laughs> you, you've been, I feel like your house is that's like, if we, if I was to walk into your house at any it's given moment, it's going to be like that, that scene in a catch me if you can, when like the checks are flying <laughs> in the paper mill, and yeah. they're like flying, <laughs> flying up into the air and you're just <laughs> So what are some some fine papers that you're putting through your printing press over there? So my new obsession is cotton or cotton blended paper because I want a little thickness, but I don't want it to feel like cardstock. I want, you know, like barren fig paper I've described as cuddly like that, but softer and also less resistant to bleeding. So I was really into the HP premium 32 pound or 28 pound, depending on who you ask. It's sort of a printer paper that's coat it and very smooth and people who are into fountain pens swear by it but i've kind of started to hate it and i don't like to write with it so i still make single sheet scenes with it but what do you like, hate it the last time i had it i was writing with a waterman pen that was so smooth it kept squeaking and Ew. skipping and it was not the pen and it was not yeah. the ink <laughs> yeah. so i mean you know that's not what it's for it's for printing so you know in fairness I was trying to do the wrong thing with it. But <laughs> so Southworth, they're owned by the same company that owns Nina, which I use for most of my zines. They they have a sort of line of like quote unquote fine papers. 
and they do like mm-hmm. parchment resume paper. I don't know the difference between resume paper and fine paper if they're both 100% cotton, but the fine paper works better. So hey, paper. Yeah, I've been <laughs> Is using that because their... it scans so well as to a PDF for you to, <laughs> to submit yeah, your resume? Even, I don't even know. Frankie has a pack from when she was in high school that I yeah. tried out, and it's not the same stuff as now. It's way better. <laughs> but my, maybe it aged because <clears throat> we're not that young, and the packaging is unrecognizable. <laughs> Like, what is this? But yeah, I'm surprised they still make it. People are still into it. Uh, my current favorite one for like everyday stuff is their 25% cotton, 24 pound, quote unquote, fine paper with a wove finish because it works pretty well for fountain pens, amazing for pencil. And I just love it. And it's, you know, it's expensive compared to typing paper, but that's not what I use it for. So that's irrelevant. It's like 25, 30 bucks for a ream comes in a nice heavy box and it does work really well on a printer too. And then I tried their 100% cotton 24 pound paper, which is just absolutely dreamy. And of course a lot more expensive, but I got to get some more of that. And I just got some of their 30. <laughs> you already used up all 500 sheets or is <laughs> a lot of it's gone. <laughs> I just got some of the same one in 32 pound, which is just like a towel. For writing on it's it's <laughs> when I got it I'm a like, writing towel yeah the 100 cotton stuff the box is noticeably thick and the other one is almost as thick but it only has 250 pages so like wow that's something and uh, I usually the, when I make notebooks I use this stuff because it seems to work really well for things you can print well on it and it cuts nicely which I appreciate. And I just got some of their parchment to give a shot to. I didn't try pencils on it yet, but it really likes a fountain pen. And it's got a nice, like, Christmas. I think it would make some good, like, autumnal notebooks. But you'll mind if some leaves. So that'll probably happen. But uh, yeah, if I find with playing with all these papers, when I use a pre-bound book, sometimes I'm like, man, this paper's not that good. It's just <laughs> slippery. It's taking too long for my ink to dry. But the downside of cotton paper is it's so absorbent that if you're really into sheen and shading, it doesn't really happen. But it does make your colors look intense and it dries quickly and it washes away a lot. Or it's hard, it's much harder to wash it away than like, you know, Chamoy River, you've sweat on it, all the ink's gone. <laughs> yeah. So like this one, you know, it'll smear, but a lot of stuff, especially a good black ink, it won't go away unless you, you know, throw it in the ocean for six hours. And somehow get it back. Note to self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't. It doesn't say that on the back of the box. <laughs> it says it in the watermark. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear there was a watermark with that Southworth paper. Is it pretty noticeable or is it? I'm. Some reviewers say it's noticeable. I don't find it noticeable. I don't. Yeah. I, I usually write on a desk, not on a window. Yeah. So, <laughs> it doesn't come up. <laughs> That's just me. That's just yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I might be weird. My, my standing <laughs> vertical desk that I. <laughs> my lit easel. Transparent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Use a tracing table. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What are some of my What are some of my favorites? I think. I mean, honestly, I and and so I also asked this question to like in the Eraser group and got. Uh, wow, a lot of responses. We got like 60 through comments, but oh, dang. something that came up a lot, which I just generally agree with pretty well, Aaron Fig Paper. I it's I mean, we, we all know, we t- have talked about here all the time that it's really good for pencils. So I continue to agree with that. It ghosts a little bit. I wouldn't say it like 
course, I really don't use uh, nibs that are thicker than like a medium point. So I, 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 it could very well bleed with like, you know, thicker lines than that. But like it goes a little bit through this, through a confidant paper. It's not too bad. And it really doesn't feather too bad, which I really appreciate. I So, so I tried two like high-end Japanese papers at the pen show last weekend. And there were two of them that really, really stood out as I was thinking about this topic. There's one that is called Cosmo Air Light. Have you, have either of you heard about this paper? No. Uh, let me look it up. Air Light. People are kind of saying this feels like a uh, a good successor to Tomoe River paper. It's it's a oh man, it's let me look here. It has a it has a little bit of a surface texture. They the website says it feels a little like a velvety dry erase board. And what? it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can f- dig some up and send it to you guys, but I really love the way it feels on pencil because it has that texture. And then also it's kind of designed for fountain pen, so it works really well. I like that a lot. It's it's something, man, I'm going to have to look up and see where it came from. They're starting to use it for like those high-end notebooks, like the Misubi notebooks that are out there. They used to be filled with the Tamale River paper. I like that one a lot. There's another one that is, it's called New Chiffon Cream by Yamamoto Paper. And Yamamoto, Taizo Yamamoto is that guy from Japan who is a paper maker and has like come to the San Francisco Pen Show and he's friends with Bruce and we, yeah, we've, we've hung out a couple of times. He's really great. He's a paper maker. And this paper is very cream colored. Like it's, it's, it's not quite as yellow as like the, oh, that amp had gold fiber paper that I like, but it is, it's very creamy and it is quite thick for, for that high-end paper. And it works just both really lovely for um, pencil as well as fountain pen. I like it. I like it for both a lot, but, but also it is $18 for 50 sheets of it. So, oh wow. It is not, yeah, it is not, it is not cheap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For 50 so, sheets of it. How much? Yeah. 18. At least, oh. at least if you want to buy it through the Van Ness website, that's how much it costs. So I'll read, oh, let me, let me read the description for this, which I, I think is really great. New Chiffon Cream is a light cream colored book paper that is thick, light, and soft. Book paper or high bulk paper was developed to meet the needs of publishers who wanted a paper that balanced portability with thickness. It's a paper with low fiber density that is very light for its thickness. Its lightness makes it easy to carry without being brittle. It's suitable for both printing text and images and doesn't allow for bleed through on the page. In addition to the great properties, it's pH neutral, so it doesn't discolor over time, offering good archivability. In Yamamoto's ink tests, Sailor and Platinum inks dried almost instantly and shows no bleed through. Some very wet inks, such as J. Urban inks, show slight bleed through. However, the slightly rough surface provides a wonderful feel when writing. What they didn't say is when writing with pencil because it's textured. So they, they use it in their notebooks. Uh, they highly recommend it with ballpoints and fountain pens. So, yeah, really good paper. Too expensive. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So if I, were to, if I were to pick a, just like a more accessible paper, that Baron Pig paper is really great. Trouble is it's, you know, it's all bound up in notebooks, literally. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sleep. they talked about that before. That. That I wish, wish they would sell it. Yeah, like I think I think it would sell too if they were to sell it in screens of it. Yeah, loose oh, yeah. leaf packs, and even if they, I'm just imagining them selling them as like a loose leaf pack with the corners already rounded. Mm-hmm. Like, do they still have those big pads they had? Oh yeah, the genius. Oh, oh, what, what are they, they called? called? Strategist pads. 
Mm. Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah. They had like the two sizes. Those were, there was there was that period of time where I feel like they had something new every day. So I was just like, yeah. I, I, I didn't keep Whatever up with the names. <laughs> I we we have. I mean, what we should do, try to do, is get, you know, get Joey just like super drunk and get him to tell us like his paper <laughs> supplier. <laughs> Joey, if you're listening, we're coming for you. If you're listening, we didn't just say that. Yeah, you're, yep, you're imagining yep. things. Oh, I don't see them on the website. Oh, no. Yeah. Sad face. I think, you know, the the only paper that, I mean, comes to mind, and this is not like some sort of like earth-shattering new, you know, right off the <laughs> right off the showroom floor paper like Andy is talking about here, but Claire Fontaine paper is, oh, yeah. you know, pretty pretty incredible and we've talked about it earlier in the episode but it's in rodeo notebooks and it's is, is all rodeo stuff clear fontaine yeah uh yeah i yes. think so yeah so that's the easiest place to find it i've also i've talked about it before there was that they, they have their own branded notebooks and there's that one which is pretty close to a perfect notebook in my book there's that clear fontaine wirebound notebook that's like six and a half by eight and a quarter. Oh, if yeah. you if if you go on Amazon, just search Claire Fontaine. It's like the first thing that comes up. But they come in like a pack of three for twenty five dollars. They're huge. These perforated page spiral notebooks, and they're they're amazing. So, hmm. like I, I I've had two of those, and I, I think I bought my first one at a at a Blick or at some like art store in in Atlanta. And I love these things. Yeah. So I, I would I would use them. Yeah, uh, I do use it all the time. I always have one in my backpack. If you live I feel in, like they're uh, just. A- Sorry, go ahead. If you live in the U.S. or if you go on Amazon and look for Claire Fontaine, you can get the European stuff and they will ship it to you free from Amazon UK in like a week. And it's Hmm. like not that much more than you would pay if you were over there, which is awesome. That's why. Because Claire Fontaine stuff is pretty cheap. We just, you know, we get the import charges. I always felt they they were just a little bit too coded for pencil. Like, I... I don't know. There's something about, the, especially the Rodia paper that like with pencil just doesn't feel great to me, like a, like a harder pencil. Hmm. And then yep, it's, a, it's like you. a little, it feels a little smeary for like, like it feels nice. on like a darker pencil, but it's a little smeary. But I, I think I've just sort of like felt that way over time, but it is just fabulous paper, especially for fountain pen. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's, that's one. And so this kind of is going to, roll into the the next question. We've kind of talked about a lot of this stuff again, but um, so bound books, books where the paper we're talking about has been put together either by your, by yourself, Johnny, or something that you've bought. What are some bound books that you particularly really enjoy the paper? Some we've already talked about. I, yeah. Anyways, I can, I can, I'll start. I'll just kind of roll right into it. And I've, I've mentioned the rodeo web notebooks, got the Claire Fontaine notebook. We've mentioned the Baron fig. The only one that hasn't been mentioned yet is the Marmon classic spiral notebook that I talked about several episodes back. And these are those, because there are those, the Namasani notebooks, the classic spiral one, I think is just branded as Maramon. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, So you can get them on jet pens and it's really nice paper. It's really smooth paper and they're not that expensive. They're like eight bucks, but it's, of course it's in a spiral notebook. Yeah, here they are. So it's Maramon spiral note, basic notebook B5. I love this thing. That's my my current lyric, like working on song lyrics. For uh, this, that's my current notebook that I'm using for that, and it's really nice to work in a a, a really well made spiral notebook. And that paper is just it takes everything. So I I really yeah. love that one. That's the only the only kind of 
the only offering I had that hasn't been mentioned yet. <laughs> so what about you, Andy? What's the, what are some actual bound books that you really enjoy for their paper? Mm, I mentioned the confidant. I think that's just right up there. If, if I were to like, if I had a little like spectrum that had pencil on one end and fountain pen on the other one at the other end, I would say it probably like leaned more toward pencil, but I just love using fountain pen in there too. Honestly, the, the Lich term notebook just does for fountain pen. It does everything for me. I need it to do. It holds it pretty well. It's like a little bit, I would say it's a little bit thinner than your, than a barren fig paper, but I really don't get a lot of like bleed through or anything with that. Wow. Like, you know, John, John, you'll appreciate hearing this, but the right notepads, those little, little tiny bound notebooks, the right notepad is just a really good fountain pen paper. Like it's, we know it's good for pencil. We talk about it all the time. Love, love it for, for fountain pens as well. Especially Johnny, does he, they don't use different paper for their different pure notebook, like pocket notebooks, do they? Everything's the same except where they note that it's different, like that, that engineering notebook is different paper. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I, you know, my favorite of the pocket notebooks that Bright Notepads makes is the Kindred Spirit. And I was just using that the other day at the pen show to kind of like sample some different inks in. And oh, that's it's their just... uh, older paper. They changed it sometime after. Oh, did that. they? Like, Ooh. I want to say around Telegraph, Telegraph a little before or at Telegraph. Okay. It just got a little yeah. more ink friendly after that. Yeah. Nice. So it's like the new um, standard. Yeah. yeah and, they, and Chris will not tell anyone where he gets it from. And yeah, I have asked him several times over beers <laughs> and he just kind of <laughs> stares at me. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, 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 <laughs> while we're getting, while we're getting Joey drunk to tell us about his paper, let's, you know, let's get Chris in on that as well. But I, I should do that. I, I did not realize it was different paper. I will try out the Kindred Spirit next to something that's a, like a little bit more recent and kind of check out the difference. But honestly, that one is great too. Yeah, their pocket notebooks are buy one, get one free today for Labor Day. Just saying. Oh. If you're listening yeah. to the recording, sorry, but for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are those are kind of some of my favorites. And then I think that America the Beautiful Field Notes is also just an extremely good fountain pen paper too. Oh, that thing was so nice. Yeah. Yeah, I might I I really like Leuchterm, but in the last year or two I've had two that the paper was like way different. It was really rough. I almost emailed the company like, what the hell did I buy? But mm-hmm. in one case it was a special edition for Bauhaus and the other one it was like a newer color so i thought maybe they changed it so hmm. i don't know i mean they're made overseas like moleskin so i guess sometimes they don't have complete control over what kind of paper they're going to get yeah the bulk they're buying i'm sure it's hard to like keep that consistent yeah, yeah like i was saying before i swear that this new thick one is not the same paper it was last year and then now Leuchterm does make the really th- they make their regular notebooks with the really thick paper that's in the second edition bullet journal, which is really cool if you're not into mm. bullet journaling. Yeah. I actually was at a Barnes Noble the other day and our Barnes Noble is now selling like term notebooks and they have the, uh, the bullet journal books there, which I was kind of kind of cool and surprised to see those in, in the yeah. wild. It, it's such a big place. Yeah, they're supposed to start selling 2.0 at other places, which would be good because every time I get it, I have to take my bone folder and sort of like repair the cover after it shows up in the mail pretty busted up. But I'm going to steal Andy's list. He's got to bust out his bone folder. Yeah. 
<laughs> I gotta add my uh, secret vintage cahiers that I get from France. Yeah. Because they're like unicorn paper, and I have like so many of them stashed in my closet. That's a, like I feel like if we were to come across a a like warehouse with the cheapest, crappiest notebooks that students used in school in like the '60s in America, <laughs> it'd still be, yeah, yeah, like or even like a found a box full of half used ones from some school. <laughs> like we'd probably be like, I'm using the rest of this. Like this is amazing. <laughs> Use this up. Yeah. 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 My dad gave me some number one skill crafts recently that like, it looked like someone used them for something. They were sharpened once in an electric pencil sharpener and a couple of erasers. He found them in his garage. So I don't know how old they are probably from the eighties. And they're like junk pencils that were probably 50 cents for the dozen, but they're amazing. <laughs> Born in the wrong time, boys. I know. I want to go back in time. This is why I'm obsessed with all of this. If only we could have done this podcast in the 60s instead. <laughs> we couldn't have. Nobody would care. They'd be like, why didn't we? Pencil. Go to Woolworth and buy some. Yeah, imagine they have an actual also, radio, also radio show the... about pencils. They'd be oh, like, yeah. hey, why are you talking about the like, dumbest, most common things in the world? Just, a, just an AM radio show about pencils. Yes. Public access, baby. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a pirate radio broadcast this one day. It's like, well, hello and welcome to the pen and pencil hour. Yeah. <laughs> this is sponsored by O'Malley's Flour. Makes the best biscuits. Burma shave. <laughs> All righty. Well, so we've got we've got like kind of zeroed in on some options for for unicorn paper. I actually ordered some of that Southworth paper, Johnny. So I've got that coming. Oh, so good. In a few days, I want to try to work that into my non-existent letter writing life. That I'm hoping <laughs> to make a little more existent you know, as I always you have am. Nice paper, you got to use it because yeah, you get so true. much of it. Oh my! Let's, let's hope so. <laughs> but anybody have anything they want to add if you are in the erasable group go check out go check out the thread i'll put a thread in the comments lots of really good good discussion about some of the best paper i know our friend les talks about the wexford composition notebooks really really love some of them and also mentioned some of the the muji notebooks which i kind of <gasps> forgot about oh yeah i love a muji notebook and i'm like so close to a muji but i just like I never use it, even though it's just so great. So, yeah, yeah those, those are really ones good. That as they well. have that they market some as "quote unquote" premium. They have sort of like a perfect bound hardcover situation. Those are so nice for fountain pen. It's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going shopping. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um, lots of good suggestions there. Cool. And also, yeah. anybody who's listening, make sure to let us know about your crappy pencil nominees to force us to use those over the next week or so. Sorry guys, but I just had to force this, <laughs> force this to happen. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap things up. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me at pencilrevolution.com and on social media at pencil ocean. Andy. Well, you can, for the next week and a half, you can find me crying under my desk because I have to use this <laughs> crappy pencil <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or on the internet. At, uh, uh, Andy.wtf or on Twitter and Facebook is at a wealthy <laughs> crying on Twitter about how I have to use this. Yes. Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. And uh, I'm Tim Wassum. You can follow me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum and I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum. We've got a Patreon 
account, which you can find at erasable.us slash Patreon. We put out extra content on there. So if you're interested in supporting the show, help us keep it going and pay for the web hosting fees and the the costs that go with doing this podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Again, that's erasable.us slash Patreon. You'll get access to some occasional goodies, depending on the level uh, that you're at, but you'll get access to our pen podcast that we've been doing called Indel. And I'd like to thank our Patreon producers, which are people who are donating at the producer level. We have David Johnson, Phil Munson, Nate Raybeck, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Bocout, Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Andrew Squish, Ali Sarah, Jamelia, Stephen Franksali, Aaron Willard, KP, Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, Bill Clow, Random Thanks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Fourth Letter, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Noodleman, Jay Newton, Dave Tubman, Chris Jones, and John Wood. Thank you so much Thank you, for your everybody. support of the show. You can follow the podcast on social media at Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast. We're also on Facebook. You can find our Facebook group, which we've referenced several times throughout this episode at facebook.com slash group slash Erasable. And please do join us there. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast to get notifications about new stuff coming out from us, new episodes, and also maybe information about zines and things that we have in the works. And you can find the show notes for today's episode at erasable.us slash 169. If you have a second, you could rate and review us on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in episode 107. Turn it off.